well, this is this is going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. So am I. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is about you, mm. but you just laugh so much. Who me? Yeah, I enjoy laughing. And me. and and I think the it's first good. time we met, which was probably about four years ago, back in London, near yeah. Heathrow. Yeah. The thing that really attracted me to you four years. The, the 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 thing that really attracted me to you was was your laughter. Thanks, man. And was your smile? It's like fuck. This guy really enjoys himself. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I wasn't really enjoying myself being there. It's like, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> and um, oh. it was quite interesting because I had this um, business strategist and he said, oh, you've got to go to this event, you know. Is that right? Yeah. And, you know, I sort of ended up there and I thought, hmm, not really for me. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, not really yeah. for me, but I like being around these people yeah, okay. who are hungry. Yeah, yeah. Who were doing their shit. Yeah. And were sort of finding a way of essentially making a living out of their passion. Yeah. So that's when I, I met a few, you know, interesting individuals. And we're still mates, apart from that business strategist. <laughs> and probably if he's watching this, he'll know who he is. <laughs> I won't mention his bloody name. <laughs> but having said that, he did go on my podcast. So uh, okay. you know, I, I did interview him, but I didn't release it. Okay. Um, Is that right? Yeah, we 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 had an interesting conversation. Um, very intelligent guy. But I have this analogy: whenever someone says I'm a strategist, I switch off. Okay. <laughs> I I'm not a strategist. Yeah. Instantly, instantly, I know this is bullshit. Hey, this is bullshit. <laughs> if they're a strategist, it's bullshit. <laughs> Because as you know, you know, there's this maxim that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's about culture. I like it. So, you know, it's not about strategy. It's about culture. What culture are you bringing into your life, into your family, into your organization, into your school, into yeah, your workplace? Yeah. Not strategy. No. Because strategies like keep changing. Yeah. Right, brother, I should probably uh, formally introduce us quickly. Oh, I, I, can... I thought we started. No, we're not. We're not properly started. We can we can we can shoehorn that into the actual conversation, no problem. Cool. It's, uh, it's all fun and games. But uh, yeah, I'll just do a a quick rapid fire intro, and uh, yeah, we can get going. This is Elliot Reeves, founder of Inspired Edinburgh, creator of the Elliot Reeves Show, and uh, on this episode, I am joined by my man, my main man, the Third Eye Doctor, Doctor Haidar. Al Hakim, how are you, brother? I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here. Well, it's it's a real um, it's a real honour actually, to be honest. Well, thank you. Because I've been trying to uh, sit down next to you and have a a conversation, a proper conversation with you for some time. And uh, yeah, here I am in Edinburgh, <laughs> lovely Edinburgh. I haven't been here for ages. Have you been here before though? Well, the last time I was here was probably about thirty years ago. Uh, whoa! Yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty years ago. Um, it hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's fucking changed. Really? Well, I don't think so. It's all, it all looks very old and yeah. you know, falling yeah. apart. It's, it's aged well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the trams look new. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. it. And that's probably, probably from European money, maybe. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know, actually. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So, brother, uh, let's kind of go back to your uh, your early years. I mean, what's what sort of your bio, your background? Yeah, what's... fucking hell, that's that's <laughs> yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> it's fucking dark. Um, go for it. Go for it. So, I was born in Baghdad. 
I'm from southern Iraq, from a very religious and political family. And my dad came here to do his PhD in marine biology. Mm. It was about um, about sexual practices of carps. Seriously? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's what the uh, th <laughs> that's what the thesis was about. Jeez. So, th so this is in Nottingham in '83, and then we were due to go back to Iraq. Mm -hmm. But then, um, because my family's involved in politics, Saddam executed 54 members of our family back in Jeez. 1983. So we couldn't really go back. Mm -hmm. So we stayed in in the UK, and my plan was always to go back home and help the people of Iraq. So that was my story and that was my utopia. Mm -hmm. And that was reinforced by my parents, my dad particular, and, and my mum. So I became a staunch academic mm -hmm. and I ended up in one of the oldest medical schools in London, uh, Barts in the London, and I studied there. And then I got into um, eye surgery, ophthalmic surgery mm -hmm. so i trained there <clears throat> and the intention was always to go back to iraq and very religious man very muslim religious from the si uh, shia effect uh, shia sect and um so in 2003 saddam disappeared and there was a new order so i went back to iraq in 2004 and that was an eye-opener because there was no government at the time Mm. And it was weird. It was weird because I went there. There was no government, but it was so peaceful. And it was so tranquil. And people were just living normal lives. You know, they sort of got together. They arranged themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, the shopkeeper would, would keep shopping. Um, the, doctor, the doctor would keep doing the doctoring and... You know, there, there wasn't a sort of a, a central government keeping order. Everyone sort of just got on and, and did their own things. And it was really, really weird. Yeah. This was back in 2004. You know, there were pockets of violence and pockets of unrest, which, you know, you'd see on CNN and BBC. Mm -hmm. um, but 99.9% .9 of the time, it was really nice. Mm. I thought, wow. And I thought, wow, I, I, need, to, I need to be back here. So the intention was really to go back. Mm -hmm. So in 2005, um, my wife's Iraqi, so she's like proper Iraqi, not me, sort of anglicized Iraqi. Um, and, and she was totally surprised. She, she thought, are you crazy? What do you mean you want to go back to Iraq? You know, because she lived through the two wars, the sanctions as well, mm -hmm. you know, and... and um, Iraqi society is a very uh, polarizing society. And that's from years and years of wars and ideological conflicts. Yeah. So mm -hmm. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, there's a lot of ideological conflict between the Islamists, between the communists, between the nationalists, between the secularists. Mm -hmm. So there's always ideological conflict there. And with that comes physical conflict mm -hmm. and political conflict. So I, I, I sort of grew up in conflict, particularly ideological conflict. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, being, being a, an academic, you're in conflict with your spirituality and your religion. Yeah. Because, you know, how can academia <laughs> and science yeah, merge exactly. with, with, with religion? And so I, I, I was steeped in this um, ideological conflict. And 
you know, hence all the grey hairs and and looking so old for my age. But that, but that must cause quite a lot of internal conflict. Yeah, exactly. You know, all that exactly. sort of stuff. So how do you go about processing it all and figuring out <clears throat> I think you deny a lot of things. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You just go into denial. And you just work with things that don't hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you work with things that hurt you the least. Okay. Sort of thing. And I think I subconsciously turned into a social chameleon without me knowing it. You know, so I wasn't mm. really myself. Yeah. I was just being whoever other people ex- expected me to be. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I went to Iraq in 2005 and um, it was weird. It was really weird because when I was there in 2004, everyone was happy to see me there because I was there to help them and so on and, mm-hmm. and do eye operations and all that. But once I sort of settled there because I, I bought a property there back in 2004, they looked at me and they thought, shit, this guy's serious. He's seriously going to live here and help us. And then they didn't trust me. And it was really weird because growing up here um, in the UK, even in the 70s and 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. yeah, there was a bit of racism or what have you, but people trust, you know, you, you trust people. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if he or she are going to say, I'm going to do something, you believe them. So going into a society in 2005, where people literally don't don't trust anyone. Hmm. It was straight. It was bizarre. Mm-hmm. It was fucking bizarre. You go there, and no one, no one's like, oh, weird. Mm. It's like really being in a sort of a western, but real life western, where everyone's got their gun ready. Yeah, yeah. About to shoot you. Jeez. You know, on a psychological level, obviously not on a physical level. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, there were tons of guns there and, you know, I mean, we, we had guns and so on. But you wouldn't use that because there are consequences of killing someone. Yeah. You know, because Iraq is a very tribalistic system. So even without a government? Well, there is no government in Iraq. Still. So, I mean, the way Saddam controlled things is mm-hmm. that he was from a particular tribe mm-hmm. and he made deals with the West. You can call it the CIA, you can call it... Mm. CNN, you can call it MI5. (laughs) (laughs) But he did deals with the higher powers to fund him. Okay. So he got that funding. Mm -hmm. And what he did, he went to all the tribes in his area. He goes, look, I've got funding. We're Mm. going to be the big men here. Are you with us or against us? If you're with me, great. I'll sort you out. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're against me, I'm going to use my guns against you. Mm-hmm. So then he sort of created his own network of people. And then he extended that to the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. So that's how he took over. But essentially, it's a tribalistic system. Um, so once Saddam disappeared, you're still left with all these different tribes. But now they're all, you know, fighting for power. Yeah. And then who's going to win? So, you know, you've got a government who's backed by a lot of money. And the Iraqi army, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. But now there's, you know, financial vested interest. There's geopolitical interest there. Mm. You know, so that government is not going to fall because there are lots of financial is- interests from the from all the um, multinational companies mm-hmm. when it comes to oil and um, other natural resources. But geographically speaking, it's a very important you know, strategic area. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Iran there, you've got Turkey there, 
you got Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. and, you know, all of the natural resources that flow through that area. So, you know, it is a, um, everyone's interested in Iraq. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's based on tribes. Mm-hmm. I come from a very well-known southern Iraq tribe, you know, Al-Hakim tribe. And my dad's cousin is one of the richest men in Iraq, you know. Uh, uh, and that, that's a good thing and a bad thing, mm-hmm. which means, you know, if I go to my tribe, I have a certain say. Mm-hmm. But then when I go to another tribe who's a, uh, you know, an enemy tribe, mm. you're fucked, basically. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so how are you perceived given that you are, I mean, I don't know, how do you identify? Do you see yourself as British or, or Iraqi? So, so before it was Iraqi. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I went to Iraq. They said, no, you're not Iraqi. You're British. Yeah, but I'm Al-Hakim. Mm. No, you're not. You're fucking British. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Mm. You know, as in, look at you. You're a nice guy. Mm. <laughs> you trust people. Yeah. What the fuck? It's like, yeah, Iraqis. Look, okay, I'm generalizing, blah, blah, blah. But that was my experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it comes to the reality of things, you going there as an outsider, mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. They'll do whatever they want for you. Mm. But you going there as a supposedly insider, they'll fuck you up. Okay. Jeez. Even within my family, it was an issue. I, you know, I saw that. You know, what do I get out of this? Mm. You know, this is what my family members were saying. What do I get out of this? Uh, subconsciously or unconsciously. Yeah. And it's like, mm. so my intention was always, okay, I'm, I'm going into this field of untrust, mm-hmm. which was totally alien to me. Right. But my intention was always to improve the situation in Iraq because of my religious upbringing, because of my nationalistic view inside my head that I'm Iraqi and I'm there to help the people. Mm -hmm. So I still had that. Um, It didn't quite work out. So I decided to um, uh, start a charity with a with a good friend of mine. I think she's half Scottish. Sharon Ridsdale, really nice lady. So I treated her on Boxing Day back in 2006. She had a really bad eye infection. And she said, well, let's start a charity. So I started a charity, Al Hassan Foundation, back in 2006. And I used to go back to Iraq every six months um, doing operations. The Iraqis, they were happy now because, you know, I moved back to the UK. You know, there's no, oh, yes, he's British again. Mm. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's fine. Come and do your operations and fuck off. That's that's okay. So, but, I, you know, I, I felt at home in Iraq more than here because of that spiritual sense that I got. And also my ancestry was there. Hmm. People don't realize that, you know, you are made up of not just yourself and your parents, but your great-grandparents and your great-great-grandparents. And it just goes back generations. Yeah, yeah. You know, they do have an influence on you, whether you like it or not. Hmm. And the question is, do you allow that or do you fight it? Hmm. And the people that fight it, you know, whenever you're in a fight, you lose, essentially, even if you win. You know, you don't win in a fight. Mm-hmm. You learn things from a fight, but you don't win in a fight. Mm. Um, so I knew Iraq was my place. So I, I kept fighting to go back. So then, you know, we, we, we got some great funding from, from, from the U.S. Army. For the charity, we got great funding from the British government. It was weird. We got funding from everywhere, non-Iraqi. 
<laughs> and I went to, and when I went to the community here, it was like, no, you're you're Al Hakim, piss off, you know, or oh yeah, you must be doing it for politics, or you must be doing it for something else. When, so when you say community, what, who who do you mean by that? Iraqi community, right? UK. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, you would have thought that. I mean, obviously, we got some funding here and there, but not that kind of yeah realization yeah, yeah. that your country is all fucked up. You know, come on, guys, mm. it's your country, fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Do something about it. Mm. And yeah, I was being funded by the U.S. Army. Yeah, you know, who's supposedly be doing all this destruction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my views are a bit different. I mean, you know, the reason why we have all this violence and so on in Iraq is not because of outside terrorism, it's because of inside terrorism. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. You know, feuds between tribes, feuds between politicians, feud, feuds between influential individuals. And they can even be doctors. Because mm. the way that Iraqi society is set up is that you're in politics or religion or both. Mm -hmm. And then the doctors... They're very influential. Okay. So, you know, the way the system works is that if you do well in education, you become a doctor and you're sorted for life. Mm. You know, that's it. You're influential there. Mm -hmm. So it's it's quite common for doctors to be politicians. Okay. Very common. Um, so you have that kind of godlike, yeah. you know, status. Um, so... Yeah, so back in 2010, I, I literally sold up here in London. And um, the charity was doing well. Went back to uh, to Nejef, which is south of Baghdad, which is where my homeland is. And and Nejef is like the Vatican of, of Shia Muslims. Really? So, yeah, it has a, it has a, um, a, a very old seminary. It's been there for about 1,300 years. And it has one of the biggest cemeteries in the world. And it has lots of Islamic important shrines. Yeah, so I was back then in 2010. But, you know, that trust issue, it, issue didn't, didn't change. And then I started changing inside. And I thought, do you know what? Maybe this isn't me. Mm -hmm. This isn't who I am. Maybe I shouldn't be here. So, yeah, so I went through a, like a proper burnout. It's kind of got fucked up because, you know, I, I stopped fighting or, or, or sort of stopped augmenting this this ideology that I had been fed all my yeah. life, you yeah. know, 35, 40 years being fed this ideology. And I was thinking, fuck, who the fuck I am? You know, what am I doing here? What's going to happen to me? So that was a really dark place for me. And um, yeah, it was horrible. It was a horrible place. Um, How did it sort of manifest then? Just, just depressed and suicidal, yeah, and really very dull. I'm sort of sweating thinking about it. Jeez. <laughs> Could be the lighting. <laughs> Could be that as Could well. Could be the lighting. No, it was. It was. Um, it was very dark. I mean, my wife was happy-ish, you know, because she's very religious and, you know, her her father's um, a well-known um, religious figure and he was imprisoned and tortured by Saddam for his really? for his religion. Oof. So it's like serious stuff. Yeah. And 
I didn't know actually. I, I didn't know what you know. And I, I was there doing my dream job. Yeah. Saving sight mm-hmm. for millions and you know thousands of people, and and we set up lots of great clinics and hospitals. And so you know, on the surface of things, yeah. You know, I was a success, mm-hmm. but inside I was just fucked up. And I was like, fuck. So this went on for a couple of years, just. Um, and then a friend of mine said, you know, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> he said, why don't you see a coach? <laughs> really? He said, why, <laughs> he said, why uh... don't you see a life coach? I thought, fuck. I said, what the, what the fuck's a life coach? So I saw, I mean, I won't mention who I saw, but he's a great guy from Canada. Amazing guy. And he just changed my perspective. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. He just changed my perspective. Um, so what was the the from and to, if you like? Um, it's just giving myself permission that I can look elsewhere. Yeah, giving myself permission rather than other people telling, giving yeah, me the permission. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do you know what? Maybe I can do this. I can let go of this shit. You know, because before it was just fear. No, mm. I can't do that. I'm not allowed. I go to hell. You know, mm. I'll be burnt uh, for for infinity and beyond. So that was initially really enlightening and great. Yeah. But then came the the confusion and the darkness. Like, <laughs> okay. fuck. What do I do now? <laughs> If I'm not this, what am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's one thing knowing what you are, but it's even worse knowing what you're not. <laughs> and that's what life is about. Life is about knowing what you're not rather than what you are. Yeah. You know, I'm not A, B, C, and D. I don't know what I am, but I'm not these three. Yeah, or yeah. Or these four. Yeah. So I found out who I wasn't. <laughs> you know, so I wasn't really an academic. And I wasn't really a religious person. And I wasn't into hardcore ideology. You know, whereas before it was either extreme, yes, fucking yes, 100%, <laughs> nothing fucking else. <laughs> Just this. Yeah. Fuck everyone else. Yeah. And I thought, do you know what? Maybe it's in the grey now. It's not the black and white. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I, I should be in the grey. Yeah, or yeah. Or I can be in the grey. I uh-huh. give permission to be in the grey. Fuck. But it was very dark because I didn't have any answers, whereas before I had all the answers. Yeah, yeah. I knew what was going to happen to me. Today, tomorrow, next year, after I die, I know what's going to happen after I die as well. 70 virgins and everything else. Mm. So I was like, sorted. But now I was like, fuck, what do I do now? Yeah. So it, it, it was a double-edged sword. Yeah. I, the I liberation. Could, yeah, yeah. I can totally relate to what you're saying because, and I think a lot of people are like that. I think a lot of people see the world in absolute terms. You know, it's yes or no or black and white. Whereas when you start to break down a lot of the things you know, your old belief systems and your paradigms, when those start to dissipate, you're then left with a lot of questions and not many answers, you know? And it does cause, like, an immense amount of confusion. Well, it's scary. Yeah. It was super scary. Um, So what's your approach to that now, then? So one of my maxims is expect the unexpected. Okay. You've got a lot of hydrisms. I've got a lot of hydrisms <laughs> because I thought, look, everything is bullshit. I mean, we talked about this before. <laughs> At the end this. of the day, everything is bullshit. What we're talking about right now is bullshit. In what sense? Just so well, people have clarity on that. Well, when, when I say bullshit, you know, don't take too much into it. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, everything is bullshit. But at the same time, your bullshit may be sacred for some people. 
So keep talking your bullshit. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, bullshit for some people is fucking sacred. Uh-huh. They wouldn't even touch it. It's like, wow, that's the bullshit there. <laughs> what was an example of that? Like, I don't know, because it's like, bullshit. <laughs> well, well, like, but, you know, political like, beliefs, religious beliefs. Whatever like it anything, is. I mean, yeah. what I'm trying to say is that if you believe in your bullshit, yeah. that's what matters. Okay. You know, because right. it's your bullshit. Yeah. But it's your story. Yes. But it's not truth. <laughs> yeah. It's not absolute. Yeah. Don't take it as if it's gospel. Uh-huh. It's not. Yeah. It, it's your <laughs> it's, version. Exactly. It's a perspective. Of bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So when, when I when I sit with someone and they could be the president <laughs> of this, that, and the other, and they're going, la, 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 la. I know it's bullshit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. I just walk away. And I was, I did a podcast with um, a well-known doctor and he he was interviewing me. And (laughs) he was like going on about, you know, low carbs and high fat diets. And and I said, look, that's bullshit. (laughs) And he just went off on one. Oh, Jesus. And like, what do you mean? And I said, look, look, you know, I mean, Look, at the end of the day, it's your bullshit, <laughs> right? And and then he cut that segment off. From, Seriously? Yeah, from the interview. So it shows you how oh. much of a, you know, I can't say the word Nazi, can I? <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, you I didn't can. say that. <laughs> I won't be cutting it out. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah that, that's fine. I mean, so that really got, I thought, oh. You know, so 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 people. But the thing is, they've invested so much time and effort and 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 life yes. into this bullshit. Yeah. They can't back down. Whereas I took that process of, do you know what? I can't live my life anymore like this. Mm-hmm. And there are millions of people out there who just keep doing the same old stuff because they've invested so much stuff in, into that bullshit. Yeah, and I just can't be there. I just couldn't be there. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, whenever I do talks, I do say that, look, this is my bullshit. And, mm-hmm. you know, don't take it too seriously. And, and, um, and, and, you know, I think doctors do take things a bit too seriously. I mean, it is a serious topic, people's health. Mm-hmm. But then everything is serious. Oh, health, yeah. wealth, uh, teaching, everything is serious. But again, it is and it isn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. It's, yeah. it's serious, but at the same time, you can always take a lighter view yeah. about things. Yeah, you know, whichever field you're in, mm-hmm. don't take it fucking seriously. Yeah, I know. You know, no, no matter how serious it is, and you know, when I sit there with my patients, and you know, they're sort of losing vision and possibly going blind. Some of them do go blind. You know, I do approach it in a very light-hearted way, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Wow." How are you so light-hearted? What? I can't not be light-hearted. Mm. Do you want me to be all serious? And we can't do that. Well, mm. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I think the more we can bring light-heartedness into the situation, it just breaks down those barriers and it just makes people more human. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's the secret to life is sort of bringing the humanism into every situation that mm-hmm. you have, mm-hmm. no matter how serious yeah. it's perceived to be. Yeah, yeah. And you're really good at that. You yeah, know, like your social media and stuff. You're, really? You're, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think so. You know, your personality totally comes across. It seems as though you're always being completely yourself and totally authentic. And there's that sort of brutally honest, no bullshit approach. And you don't, you don't, mind, <laughs> you don't mind just having a having a laugh. 
for somebody that you know by all intents and purposes you know tradition would suggest that because you're a doctor you have to act in a certain way doctor from a fucking religious family <laughs> fuck's sake yeah you know I mean, I was... that, certainly that's my my own personal <laughs> opinion of it is that um yeah you, you... yeah i mean if i you know if i'm to die tomorrow they'll say yeah Heidi was a good laugh you know i think i've done my thing in life he was a good laugh and that was it really because because life's fucked up <laughs> I mean, it's harsh. I mean, if you look at the reality of things, life is harsh. Life is suffering. Life is a joke. So I might as well have a joke about it. You know, I, I think people take it way too seriously. And, um, you know, I'd like to make fun of religious people, particularly. Interesting. And I think, you know, I think Scotland's the best place for that. <laughs> <laughs> This is probably safer. Jeez. Oh, so, how, how do you identify now uh, religiously? So, um, I would say that I'm a spiritual person, and I understand the the Islamic philosophy and ideology very well. So, yeah, sort of in that kind of sphere of uh, being knowledgeable mm -hmm. about about that philosophy. Um, there's some great things in it, which I really love. And there's some not so great things in it, which I probably won't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. But if I'm on the sort of, uh, you know, the comedy uh, um, stand up uh, scene, then yeah, I would I would talk about it a lot. I think I get a lot of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so so do, you con do you consider yourself a, a Muslim these days? Um, with my Muslim friends, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, salamu oh. alaikum. How are you, sir? Oh. Amy sweating again. I, I, I think this coffee <laughs> spiked me. I think this fucking coffee spiked. Oh. It's got this. No, it's interesting because we nice Muslim <laughs> tinge to it. It's even dark oh. as well. Because oh. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I was on your podcast and we kind of touched uh, upon religion and various different things. And like, I I listen to a lot of the sort of social or political commentators, and that's from people that are on the extreme left to the extreme right and you've got a lot of people especially today like your tommy robinson's or majid nawaz a lot of people sam harris um your dawkins you know um hitchens who are, have always been really critical of um well religion as a whole but but um you know islam, is, islam or yeah. islamists yeah really more specifically people who take the very extreme stance on something i mean you know in terms of the the teachings of the quran and and the religion as a whole i mean do you think there is any violence in it? Well, just look at Harry Potter. You know, is there violence in Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you look for something, you'll find it. Okay. Okay. So if you're going to look for peace and tranquility and how to live together and how to be peaceful mm -hmm. and how to be a vibrant community and, and, yeah. and, you know, become the most enlightened human being you can ever think of, it's in the Quran. And if you want to look at anything else, you'll find that as well. So, I mean, it is very unfair to paint the religion with that picture. Yeah. And what it boils down to is politics and money and power. Hmm. Okay, that's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. So it is the onus is on the politicians and the people in power to raise the game of the people, not the raise the game of themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and that's what happens in a lot of the Muslim countries. Um, you know, they raise their own game uh, using the scriptures for the benefit of themselves. Mm. No one else. Mm. And, you know, that's just the way history has always been that way. Um, 
And it's the same with any other ideology, whether it's agnosticism and atheism and, yeah. and you know, people abuse that position of power mm -hmm. and, and blame it on other people's ideology and not their ideology. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it boils down to. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I get into some really, really interesting conversations with atheists and agnostics and I totally understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and that's great. Um, did they totally understand where I'm coming from? I don't know. So, I, you know, I, I think having this dialogue is really important and, and, and not having mud to sort of sling about. You know, I think that's what's important. And, you know, just sort of accept that other people have different views to you. Yeah. And, and we'll just move forward because life's too short to be fucking... Yeah, having shit conversations like this. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you I'm know? enjoying this conversation. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, but you know, having that but conversation yes, right. of yeah. you know, you know, your your religions full of this, your religions full of this. I mean, what's what's the benefit of that? You're only going to alienate yeah. those people. Yeah, it's true. You, you're absolutely you, right. You're just not going to have that, you know, nice dialogue and you know, nice cups of coffee and can I touch this Salt thing? Lamps. Of course you can. Oh, <laughs> I, I was on a um, a podcast uh, not long ago, the I Am KP podcast. Shout out to Darren Kinlock, and he uh, he got one of these, and his girlfriend has been licking it Where? because it's <laughs> because it's salt, and it tastes obviously tastes salty. It's like Himalayan rock salt. Can I taste it? If you want to, well, sure. if she's licked it, yeah, yeah, she, not, she hasn't licked that one. Oh. <laughs> That could be a challenge. <laughs> we'll do that. Let's lick this one here. <laughs> I've never licked it. Does it taste? Yeah, is it yeah, salty? yeah, very salty. I is think my salty? blood pressure is going up now. <laughs> it's supposed to have all sorts of uh, health benefits. I can get addicted to this, actually. I can get addicted to keep licking it. I come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I've totally Jesus. lost it. Well, yeah, let's not talk about him. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I'm... I'm Cautious, Can I lick this as well? Saying, no, don't do that. <laughs> Other people have to speak into that. Can, uh, you can always watch it. Uh, I'm cautious that religion and God come up quite a lot in uh, in this show, but I do. I find it why the fuck I not? I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean you know, I mean, I, you know, it's you know, when I said, look, do you know what? This isn't me anymore because because I had to step up and say, do you know what? I've had enough of this shit. Yeah, you know, I'm not A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's ask these difficult questions. Yeah. And, you know, that's when I started, you know, writing the book and doing the podcast and sort of doing these talks. And, and, and really, I just ask these difficult questions that many people don't want to ask themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's only after you ask these questions, like, why the, why the fuck am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And it's making me miserable. Yeah. Why the fuck am I? Okay, I got my Porsche. I got my fucking shout out to all the nice ladies out there and, <laughs> and sort of all these nice places. <laughs> uh, right. But. I'm still not fucking happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we don't ask those difficult questions. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you do need to stop. And I stopped. And I said, do you know what? I'm going to... But then when I did that, it caused a lot of problems. Well, that's it. Exactly. You know, the wife hated me. They sort of left me for, for some period of time. The family essentially disowned me. And my whole community disowned me. Jeez. You know, it was sort of that serious. But then I thought to myself, well, it's my life. Yeah. It's not my fucking family's life or my community's life it's my fucking life i only get one bat at it mm -hmm. right and i want to do something okay i did my thing to a certain stage and i felt that i've outgrown this or mm -hmm. it's not me anymore or i've yeah. evolved into something different and as you know you know the body changes totally 
every seven years or six years or something like that. So you, Elliot, today, 2019 is different from 2012. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same in terms of your thoughts and <clears throat> and even your spirituality, which is yeah. your sort of sense of soul and being. Yeah, totally. Totally different. Yeah. And that's why you think to yourself, really, did I do that shit sort of a couple of years ago? Did I think that way, though? I know. You know? And it, sometimes it's quite scary. You think, wow. Yeah. But then that's, you're allowing yourself to evolve. Mm-hmm. And the moment you stop evolving and the moment you stop changing, yeah, that's when it gets scary. Yes. That's when you get extremism. Mm-hmm. That's when you get fucked up people. Mm. That's when you get damage happening to yourself and to your family and to your community and to your society and to the world. Yeah. And that's when you get these sort of crazy people yeah. that, that, that you hear about and read about in, in history books. But so many people get locked into their narratives, their stories, their beliefs, like all that stuff. Yeah. And that defines them. And so if they do try and challenge a lot of that or they do evolve as a person, as you say, as you grow older, you change, you know, in, in every sense. But yet people can still be attached to how they were like 10 years ago yeah. when they were actually a different version of themselves. There's a brilliant video on YouTube called Athene's Theory of Everything, I think it's called. Um and it's all about sort of psychology and all that stuff. And one of the quotes from it, which I absolutely love, is uh, speaking about people as a momentary expression of an ever-changing unity with no center, which basically means that, you know, you're never the same for any length of time. So in this moment, I am different to how I am in this moment because my, you know, my chemistry is different. I've aged, even although it's just like a, a small amount of time. You know, you're basically what how you are in that moment, and that's all you are. Yeah, my blood pressure just gone up licking this <laughs> this piece of shawl. So look at that, eyes going red, blood pressure sky. But you're high. not having a reaction. <laughs> <laughs> coffee spike, yeah, licking coffee that. Spikes. Piece. You got anything else to lick? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh jeez. So have you Good changed times. in the last say? How have you changed in the last month? Oh, the last month. What's the biggest change that's happened in you? Good question. One's a good thing, and and we, you know, one thing that's changed that's good, and one thing that's changed that's bad. Um, my my eating habits are always uh, sort of subject to change. I would say often not for the good so I can kind of maintain positive habits for an amount of time but then continuing that indefinitely is always always seems to be a challenge so I would say at the beginning of the month it was probably good and then it's kind of uh, deteriorated um but in terms of I mean maybe I would say my mood has gone up (laughs) which is it seems as though they're you would think uh, inversely correlated uh but yeah so yeah, I'm probably I, I don't know, I think I feel as though you you kind of get more clarity on things in your life and where you're going with things like business matters or, you know, your vision for your future self. Uh I feel as though I'm I'm clearer on that sort of stuff. So yeah, you're probably I probably have greater maybe certainty or yeah. Uh yeah, just the way I view things maybe a bit better. But yeah, my eating. I mean, you, you yourself. Yeah, I remember when we met and you showed me a picture of how you used. Yeah, to I was look a fat you were, bastard. You were a big, you were a big oh, dude, man. Oh, I was a big fat bastard. Yeah, I can say that. <laughs> so what? What <laughs> happens? What happened there? I lost weight because I was angry. 
Mm. You know, so, you know, I, I was in Iraq. I was angry because my ideology changed and I didn't love what I was doing and I, and I wanted to get out. So I was just angry about that. So I changed because I was angry. <laughs> so, yeah, I just fucking stopped, stopped uh, eating or, I, you know, I was just eating out of cans for months and months. And running well you know, I'm, I'm i'm obviously exaggerating um calling <laughs> <laughs> like dog food yeah, <laughs> salt lamps and dog yeah, food. So, yeah salt lamps and look <laughs> blood pressure was okay then um i saw this uh documentary how to get abs or something like it's about this 40 year old who got abs really and i thought if he can do it i can fucking do it so yeah, I, you know, I, I just went on a calorie restricted diet, and because I'm a stubborn bastard, you see, I'm a stubborn bastard, stubborn bastard. I'm, like, I'm gonna fucking do this, and I called my sister. She she lives in London. I was I was in Iraq at the time. I said, yeah, I'm gonna get a six pack. She started laughing. Oh, 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 you go and get a six pack. I was like, I'll fucking show you. Bang, and um, yeah, so I went on a calorie restricted diet. I turned yellow because I was eating carrots all day. <laughs> And I was eating chickpeas all day, and and I was running every day. And in Iraq, people are not used to people running in the streets. They think they're, you know, they've run out of a mental hospital or, okay. or probably a terrorist or something. <laughs> so I used to get stopped by the police when I was running, jogging. What? It's like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm Iraqi. They look at you, and I'm I'm kind of whitish, and they think you you don't look very Iraqi, and your accent's a bit. Not hundred percent Iraqi. So one time they they um, they wanted to uh, take me to the uh, police station, which is a really bad idea in Iraq. Because if you go into the police station, you're kind of fucked. You get the shit kicked out of you, and you yeah. probably won't come out alive. So I thought, shit, if I go to the police station, I'm going to get fucked. <laughs> and um, my my uncle, my my mum's uh, brother, he's a he's a well known political religious figure there. And I thought, do you know what? I better get them to send me to my uncle's. And I said, look, send me to my uncle. He's blah, blah. They looked at me and think, fuck, how do you know his name? You must be a fucking terrorist. Let's take him over to our, you know, to he, he's got like a compound and he's, um, you know, uh, barricaded the, the roads and there's, yeah, sort of like a, a militarized zone. Okay. So they said, okay. I said, look, you have to drive me to Sheikh Mohammed's. His, his name is Sheikh Mohammed. You know, I, I just didn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't make it up. His name's Sheikh Mohammed. Hello, uncle, if you're watching this. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll see you next year, you know, for our usual fish dish. Um, <laughs> so I thought, I said, look, you better take me to this blah, blah, guys, you know, Sheikh Mohammed. goes, Fuck this! You know he 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 must be planning something. The, the, the police thought I was planning, and this okay. out of a fucking jog. Fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah. I'm there to go and do a jog, yeah. and the police are picking me up. But you know, I was wearing my Oakleys. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> red alert. <laughs> you know, being from the West, you know, you buy a few brands, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I gotta yeah. buy my fucking Oakleys. <laughs> <laughs> so they sat me in the police car they drove up to the um to the barricaded road where my uncle has all his uh 
militia and so on. And then uh, there were three police officers, two at the front, one sitting next to me. So the one goes out, speaks to the bodyguard. He goes, you know, whatever. And then the bodyguard um, is like, what? It's like, oh, he's blah, 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 blah. And then the police started coming back, sort of tail between his legs and, oh, I'm really sorry, doctor. I didn't know you were. Please forgive us. Please, doctor, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you know. Ever since then, it was like, yeah, no one stopped me. But the drug, you know, the kids still chase after me when I was in Iraq because I thought I was some crazy guy, you know, crazy middle-aged man running in, yeah, in the street, yeah. you know, for exercise. This guy's proper fucked up. <laughs> and and um, I used to run in the morning, <clears throat> and in the morning you have all these wild dogs that run around. So you know, you, you get very fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wild dogs chasing after you. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you know, I sort of lost weight and I lost something like um, I was 112 kilograms and I got down to 72 kilograms. And then I went back home to to the UK because in the summer it's fucking hot in Iraq. So I Mm. I used to always go back. I used to always come back here in the summer. You know, it gets up to about 60 degrees sometimes because it's a very desert um, city, Nejef. That's where I'm from. so I went back home. My mum didn't recognise me when I was there at the door. It's like, who the fuck are you? Seriously? It's like, it's me, mum. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I still wasn't happy. You know, I still had that anger in me. You yeah, see what I mean? Yeah. I, I wasn't happy. You know, I, I thought I'd be happy being thin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was glad because I can fit into anything now, whereas before it was, a bit, mm. it was, it was, it was bollocks. <laughs> um, but I, was, I was still wasn't happy. I still wasn't happy losing that weight because mm-hmm. I still had that anger, you know, the reason why I was losing the weight and so on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've always had a, a weight issue because I love food. Fucking hell, because food is the only thing that doesn't answer back, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like you. <laughs> 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 oh, but now it's like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the wife's happy. So, yeah, I mean, going back, I I, I think I, I, I sort of showed them that, look, I'm not, like you, I'm something different, but I still accept you. Mm-hmm. And I think once my wife and my family kind of understood that, look, I'm not against you. I'm not against your philosophy and ideology, mm. but then I'm not with it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> do you know, you yeah. know, I'm not going to fight you. Mm-hmm. You may still disagree with me and they do and they, and you know, they still, you know, I mean, you know, it's a Ramadan at the moment and I'm not fasting. Um, are your family? Yeah, they are because I accept who they are. I don't agree with it. So, like your son? Yeah, yeah. He Seriously. sort of prays. He he prays. He fasts. He follows it. You know, the wife is super religious. My daughters are super religious, and I accept them for who they are. You know, this is their choice, and. You know, if it if if it makes them a good human being, then why the fuck not? You know, yeah. they're law-abiding individuals with certain belief systems. They're tolerant. Mm-hmm. They're they're respectful. Mm-hmm. Off you go, mate. Mm-hmm. Do what you want. Yeah. You know, that's why I look at it. Mm-hmm. Huh. And 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 we're very lucky to be here. I mean, that's what I love about about the UK. Mm-hmm. It's, it's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. 
you know, 99.999% of people are just lovely. You just yeah. sit there and, and you have a normal conversation and and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't have these conversations back home in Iraq. You just can't. You know, people get very serious about it. <clears throat> Sad. Mm-hmm. You know, people get serious about bulletproof coffee. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yes, no. Uh, they get serious about uh, it, don't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, no, it's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think, oh, fucking hell, it's, it's frothy coffee. <laughs> oh. oh, my word. So your your pseudonym or your alias, the Third Eye Doctor, how did that come about? And what does that what does that mean? Well, I was um, uh, fucking. Uh, here we go. Another business strategist. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's, you know, uh, so I help people look out using their physical eyes, and the other one is I help people look in into themselves. So that's the third eye. So it's the intuition, the insight. So mm-hmm. allow people to have insight. Mm-hmm. So that's where that came from, uh, and hence the third eye. And it was from um, that business strategy who's from the Midlands. And then I went to a meeting in the Midlands, and I said, "Yeah, I'm the third eye doctor." And they what? They said what? The Jap's eye. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, the bastard! Here's me paying him money for strategy, and then he fucks me up." Calls it third eye, and I'm I'm, I'm like the Jap side in the Midlands, isn't it? <laughs> Jap side doctor. Jap doctor. I think they call urologists, which is fair enough. You know, I mean, I you know, I did a bit of urology, sticking stuff up people's Jap eyes. Did a lot of that stuff. Uh, did you actually? Yeah, it seriously. Was fucking boring, mate. His eyes are the ones sticking up. <laughs> Actually, I, I did see a... Um, can't be pleasant doing that or receiving No, I that. mean, the most unpleasant thing I saw was a penile fracture. Oh. You know, snapped in two. Well, I mean, it was still attached. But that wasn't nice. Jeez, grief. All because of, you know, a certain sexual act. Yeah. Yeah, so be careful, guys. You know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't think it's indestructible. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Have you got any more books in the pipeline? Yeah, so... Because um, you've written... Is it... One book, Physician, Physician on, on Fire. Fire yeah. yeah, Physician on Fire on on my fucked up stories. You know, stuff like that. And and hopefully... Well, people will laugh at me, which is, which is the idea, and get some benefit out of it. Uh, you know, get over stress and burnout within 30 days. <laughs> Money back. <laughs> Money back guarantee. Or you're dead. <laughs> I'm not around, sorry. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of ideas. <clears throat> you see, because now, yeah, uh, you know, my posh hat on now. Because I'm, I'm the chief medical officer for a corporate healthcare provider in central London. It's quite interesting because I deal with Arabs now. Yeah, yeah. So my patients are all um, Middle Eastern rich people. So that's because I've gone from NHS to charity healthcare. Now I'm yeah. in corporate healthcare. Dark side. Yeah, but I mean, it is dark side. But I love the dark side. I love the dark side. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the reason why I'm I'm happy is because I've I've embraced the dark side. I've slept with the dark side. You know, I love Darth Vader. He's my best mate. 
but without the killing and, and sort of all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I love the dark side, and it, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 sort of torn between: do I write a book on uh, leadership in healthcare, mm-hmm. or the Me Too kind of how to be happy kind of thing? How to be happy? Yeah, you know, all that bollocks. How to be happy is come here, speak to this bugger. <laughs> That's how you become happy. Thanks, mate. <laughs> get, get a few things off your chest. Hide the helmet up. <laughs> well, uh, well, if I'm, I'm putting my ass on this, then yeah, 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 yeah. that's all right, isn't it? Fucking <laughs> okay, no. uh, Yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of torn, torn between those two. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> is 20 years of healthcare enough? I think, I think I'm a good healthcare leader. I think I'm a good healthcare leader. I mean... It's tw- 20 years might not be enough. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's this imposter syndrome, isn't it? Okay, you yeah. Know, you sort of say to yourself, well, mm. look at him, look at her. They've been in it for 40 years, 60 years. But then I think I've, I've got a good formula on sort of how to write a book. Mm. You know, lots of swear words, lots of C words, <laughs> lots of funny pictures. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm not too sure. But I think healthcare... Um, leadership in healthcare is really important. I think that's something that's really lacking, and that's because the way doctors are trained is 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 that they suck them of all confidence in themselves and suck them of all co- you know independent thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know it is a very uh, sad situation to see because I had no confidence whatsoever. You know, going through medical school and being a junior doctor and being in the NHS and so on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not allowed to be an independent thinker. You're not allowed to innovate. You're not allowed uh, to think differently. It's literally this is the protocol. Yeah. You, 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 you do this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I went to Iraq because it allowed me to sort of innovate and sort of so on. And and being in the corporate world, <clears throat> I mean, you know, the only prerequisite is you got to make profit mm-hmm. you know that's our only um stumbling block which is really important stumbling block. <laughs> um but if you've got systems in place and, and you've got the right people in the right job mm-hmm. um you know it's not too difficult to make lots of profit and you know healthcare is very profitable and leadership is all, all about bringing that humanism into mm-hmm. healthcare mm-hmm. and humanism comes with vulnerability and humanism comes with, you know, we we hear about these things all the time, authenticity and so on. And um, I think it's about being quirky. You sort of bring your quirkiness, yeah, yeah, and, and, and bring your your idiosyncrasies and, and and weirdness into the equation. Do you think having your own? Because you've got quite a prominent personal brand. I love the phrase, but you do because obviously you're active on social media. You've got your Surgical Spirit podcast. You're an author. You do, you know, your Third Eye Doctor. You know the sort of you. You see what I mean? You've got the whole <laughs> the whole branded thing. Do you think that that helps you, or do you think that goes against you? No, it helps. I think you, I, I get carried away with social media, <laughs> and what people don't realise is that you make more of an influence doing these things and speaking to people mm-hmm. and being in events and networking and so on. So I definitely, I mean, not everyone is an extrovert or some people are hardcore introverts and it can be very difficult for them. But even then you can find a way of going out and there's so many people out there and it's just different when you interact with them in real life rather than on social media. Mm-hmm. You just feel it. 
differently yeah so i think people um i get i get too carried away with social media in, in the sense that i'm on the sort of mobile phone all the time and the daughters and the sons and 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 the wife not the wives um <laughs> you know um so yeah i i think i spend too much time on social media so i definitely need to do a lot less and sort of be more out there but then you know my job is pretty pretty full time mm-hmm. um do you see being on social media as a destructive thing it's not destructive i think you just need to be very focused of where your you know greatest roi is uh in terms of time and effort yeah and yeah and and just be consistent and stick with it you know doing half an hour of concerted concentrated concise effects mm-hmm. that's it and then go out and and enjoy life or do the other shit that that really gets you going yeah 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 what's your favorite podcast it used to be joe rogan Mm -hmm. not anymore and that's because he talks bullshit (laughs) that's because he hasn't got me on motherfucker (laughs) get me on there mate don't need so much pot (laughs) all all i need is a bit of a bit of water and a bit of coffee and this <laughs> salt yeah the well. salt oh you know he's yeah, the salt. yeah he's got to get some salt there for me to lick I couldn't, he's I got one of them well, one of, well i might lick him then if that's <laughs> the case. Oh, so not rogan favorite podcast i used to listen i mean the, the reason why i changed was because i listened to to the podcast so i literally listened to joe rogan's podcast and that opened my mind it shows yeah you how closed i was this is back in 2010 you know so yeah. i've 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 essentially lived on podcasts that's what really got me sane podcasts mm. it's mm. crazy isn't it mm-hmm. you know it, it it literally saved my life it saved me from killing myself listening to podcasts wow um hardcore histories i don't know if you've heard of hardcore histories is that dan carlin yeah 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 i really enjoyed that mm-hmm. i have I think I've maybe listened to a bit. Not enough. Not enough. Lovely. What's, Lovely. what's the thrust of it? Um, the, the thing is, because I came from a religion that, that said that you were unique. Yeah, that your history is unique and that your history is special. Mm-hmm. And once I listened to Hardcore Histories, I found that, no, the fucking <laughs> everyone's been through this shit. Yeah. Nothing unique about me or sort of special or whatever. So it just opened my eyes and it made me more tolerant and more accepting and, you know, more loving of of conflicting ideologies. Mm. Um, which podcast mm. do I listen to? Um, I, I don't actually listen to podcasts anymore, to no? be honest. No, because I'm doing my own one. I'm sort of busy yeah. doing my own one now. I don't really have time. Um, but I like listening to sort of uh, snippets of Joe Rogan's stuff. You know, when he has really interesting guests. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you... Kevin think? Kevin Hart's one was really enjoyable. I don't oh, know if you heard yeah, that not, one. I've not actually listened to that, that yet. Was I've really heard good. a few people say... That was really good. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, he's my idol. You know, he he's someone that I really look up to. Uh, Kevin Hart? Yeah, he's multi-talented. Hmm. Multi-talented. He's got many fingers in pies. Hmm. I love having my fingers in pies. <laughs> All kinds of pies, as well as other things as well. <laughs> um including this coffee <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah co- comedians i love comedians mm. i'm a joker mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to be funny, guys. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> but, you know, I get really funny when I talk about oh, religious yeah. people and Arabs at the same time. <laughs> do you think it's gonna work? Territory. Do you think it's gonna work? <laughs> How about if I go, yeah, talk about Arabs and, and sort of Muslims around Glasgow area? Is that better? <laughs> Not Edinburgh. <laughs> Glasgow and above. Glasgow and above. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, podcasts. I'm too busy now. Yeah. Uh, you know. I literally, it's uh, morning, I go to the gym, and then I do my podcast, mm-hmm. say hello to the wife, mm-hmm. go to work, get back at 10 in the evening. That uh, late? Yeah, and I do that Monday to Saturday. Jeez. You know, so so, so literally that, you know, because the work is, you know, being being the chief, mm-hmm. the shit's always hitting the fan. Yeah. I'm there fucking, <laughs> you know, yeah, switching off the fan. <laughs> And but I like it that way. I like to stay busy. I like to stay busy. And stops you from thinking. Stops me from thinking and changing again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've had enough of this shit. I mean, the, the other day I was I was thinking of leaving leaving the job because you know the bosses uh, on top of me they were giving me a right old hassle and stuff. And the wife said, "Look, just calm down, calm down." You know, and I did calm down. <laughs> 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 yeah, God bless them, wives. God bless them. <laughs> we need them. Does it not bother you seeing that, like, basically publicly, that you're thinking about leaving your job, like, in in case somebody from your work hears or sees it and thinks, "Oh, Piss you shouldn't really be seeing that." Piss off! You shouldn't really like, you see they know everything about me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, my my boss, fuck, you know, he knows everything about me. Yeah, yeah, he's always checking my fucking thing and checking this. And then when I see him, oh hello, doc. oh how are you? It's like, fuck you know, you you hate my guts, you bastard. <laughs> uh, but when we see each other, it's literally like, oh hello, yes. I mean, you know, he's he's, he's he's Iraqi as well, but yeah, yeah, you know, he's more corporate than I am. You know, much more corporate. But I'm I'm learning corporate shit from him now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fascinating this corporate shit. Fucking hell. So how's it different to see NHS, like, for example? Well, I, I think it's the same. It's totally yeah. the same. Um, Bureaucracy, red tape, and bullshit. <laughs> exactly. It's like to- totally the same, everywhere. but there's more money in the NHS. More money in the NHS. NHS yeah. is a great cash cow, mate. <laughs> you know, you know, if you want money, go to the NHS. But getting in is difficult. Oh, yeah. Because you got all these, you know, buggers who have who've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there'd be it's more money in private practice, no? No, no, no. Seriously, no, no, no. So something like I mean, I can't remember the figures. Something like a hundred, a hundred twenty billion is spent in healthcare, and about ninety percent is in NHS. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. There's no private. There's no private sector kind of compared to the ninety percent is NHS. Ninety percent is NHS. Really massive cash cow. That that's a problem that we have with the NHS because it's being fed by us taxpayers. Mm-hmm. It's great. Do what the fuck you want. So where does the the bubble burst? Doesn't burst as long as we're paying. Seriously, it burst. Just, yeah, keep, yeah. You just keep plowing money it. into yeah. it. Yeah, and then you got you know politicians who who mm-hmm. all have vested interests. They have millions of companies who are who have subcontracts with sub. 
Yeah. It's a very Iraqi thing. That's how Iraqi government works. Okay. You get in government, you get your companies in, and then you milk it dry. <laughs> and here's Elliot thinking, I'm going to have a normal conversation with this man. <laughs> Let me get him back to Edinburgh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've I've been thinking about this for a long time because I've never experienced the corporate world. And, you know, the corporate world, you got to be careful. Otherwise, your your company's down the pan. Yeah. You know, so you've got to be really careful. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, in the government sector, well, it's a bug. <laughs> you know, job's still going to be here until I'm 65. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of British politics? I'm not into it, so I, no. I, I don't really know. You know, I don't follow British politics. How about yeah. you? What, what, what do you think of it? Well, to quote you, mate, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all it's, bullshit. It's, it's, it's bullshit, <laughs> but it's vested bullshit. Uh, so there's yeah. a lot of vested interest in here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the current health secretary, great man, follow him on Twitter. You know, he wants to be the prime minister. Mm. And, and you know, his reason is, oh, I want to bring, you know, the youth you know, a young whatever into... What the fuck is that? Yeah. Young company, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I just, I've, I've become quite sort of jaded and sceptical of the political system and how much, um, certainly how much influence or effect you as an individual have on the on the overall th- picture. Um, but also, you know, the motives and the, uh, you know, like why politicians do politics. I think that... I don't know. It's I just, mean, there's some good from, stuff. I mean, when I was, course, you know, when always. I was in, when I was in Iraq, I was quite influential there. We're doing some great stuff there, and you know, uh, I was sitting with with the, with the politicians there, and you can do some amazing work. Yeah. So you yeah. know, I'm not gonna knock that whatsoever. And I think you know, if you have a passion in politics, great, go in there. And if you have a passion for changing um, civil policy and civil mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. and, and bring a benefit to your community, absolutely go for it. I mean, there undoubtedly and, yeah. are people that, that do yeah. do that yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately there's other people that are in it for, you know, self gain money, whatever it is. I think that's the, in the, the minority. Negative. I think that's in the minority. Um, it possibly is, but it's the yeah. minority. It's the, always the, you know, it's like the loud minority in any group that ultimately tarnish the face of, yeah, yeah, it's it. like shit podcasts. Yeah, there's always a few <laughs> shit podcasts that fuck everything up. People like, you know, not this Elliot, one, obviously. Not fuck, no, no, this this is the best podcast ever. <laughs> For fuck's sake, you uh, know, subscribe to this shit, mate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, We're yeah, on air, mate. British, We're on air. British, <laughs> British politics. Yeah. Well, so there was recently European elections. You receive all this sort of spam mail in the post. So I thought, well, I'll have a look at them. You've got like your Brexit party, UKIP, Green, um, Tory, SNP, Labour. And basically the, the stance of every single one of them is just criticising somebody else. Like, you know, the Tory one's criticising the Labour one, the Labour one's criticising the Tory one, the SNP's criticising all of them. And you're just like, what what game are we actually ultimately playing here? Like, are you doing, are you genuinely doing what you're doing because you're passionate about change and helping other people? Or is it just now just about, like, dividing public opinion and, uh, you know, creating hate and and all this sort of stuff? But that's boring, Elliot, you see. You know, that people love this shit. 
<laughs> well, but they do, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's a reflection of how people in yeah. society are, unfortunately. You it's... know, and it's like, okay, you're with us. Let's go and verbally attack the mm-hmm. other group. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and they get off of, off yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's tribalism at its worst. You know, let's... Ethnocentrism. You know, let's sort of get off on, on Glasgow. It's like, yeah, <laughs> Glasgow. <laughs> but get, uh, what, what, you know... <laughs> gets a laugh. At what point did we stop being just like humans on planet earth i think the moment we became humans <laughs> <laughs> you think so yeah yeah i mean it's always been this way isn't it you know if if, if you're the bad kid or the or, or the bad person you know you get you get shit stuff you know you, you get nice stuff isn't it whereas if you're the goody two-shoe whatever i mean you know if i didn't talk like this and sort of didn't didn't get my voice out there and no one gives a shit do you see what i mean it's like <laughs> it's got to be like that you know if you've got a message that's just that, that just i just find that fucking upsetting though you know that you have to be like well so you know to use uh the mma world you you have to be basically conor mcgregor to be successful conor mcgregor is shit right <laughs> he's he's got a great <laughs> left hand but that's it he can time that left hand and that's it right Otherwise, he's shit. But look what he's done to the MMA yeah, world. He's absolutely revolutionized it. Yeah. With a big mouth and big something else. I don't know what else that's big <laughs> in him. Right? He's got a few other big things as well. And he's got a great left hand. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to do, Elliot. You know, it's like you can't put your sensibilities into this and sort of, you just got to put that to one side, see what your passions are, see what you're good at. And just fucking take it to the max. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Fuck yeah! <laughs> Come on, well, Joe Rogan. I, I was going to say. Sake. So, how? In what way does somebody like Joe Rogan do that? Do you think? Pot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, there's loads of no. I, I don't know that I agree with you, mate. To be honest, because there's ton, there's like there's millions of people that are influencers or are respected in their chosen field and not all of them are like loud mouth gobshites i think you he's can, like ah! you, can, you, can have, ah! you can have you can have morals and ethics and be a good fundamentally a good person uh and not but he's found his niche yourself. he's yeah you know he's found his thing you see what i mean and 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 he's worked so hard for it i.e mma martial arts you know that's his thing he says MMA. I know my MMA. Yeah. It's like don't argue with. It's like you can't argue with him when it comes to MMA. <laughs> yeah. He just shoots you down. Yeah. So like, no, no. MMA is me. Yeah. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Martial arts is me. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, he, he's not a great comedian. Have, have you listened to his? <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. you know. It's like oh, <laughs> switching this off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not fanatical about his comedy. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's a decent commentator, though. He's a very good commentator because he's very knowledgeable about yeah. MMA and martial arts. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been in the game for forty years, thirty-five years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. That's what he excels in. Mm. You know what your shit is. I don't know what your shit is. You know inside of you what your shit is. Oh, yeah. You just got to augment mean. that. Yeah, I mean to the max. Yeah. And you know, not get augment that to the max, augment it to the max, and not give a shit about the surrounding, uh, you know, noise, yeah, irritating noise. 
you know, my shit is serious stuff. You know, let's make fun of it. Yeah, yeah. That is your stuff. Yeah, fuck it. Totally. It's like serious <laughs> bullshit, mate. Just like that doctor. He's a fucking high flying doctor. It's like fuck, <laughs> mate. It's bullshit. I mean, what, what do you want me to say about it? Piss off. <sighs> good times. Good times. It's always good times. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about happiness. And, and the only reason I'm here is because I'm having a good time with you. And I've had a great coffee and I've, I've licked this lovely, lovely uh, <laughs> stone from Mars. Or the moon. Uh... <laughs> Classic. Cool. Any, anything else you want to talk about whilst we're here not really really myself i must say you know i love like all it. these sort of 17 cameras you've got here <laughs> 17 bloody cameras I, I may well just use the one it's a lot less work man because you know inspired Edinburgh interviews i've got eight angles although i pr primarily use five but it's painstaking work the the editing process whereas this you can just knock out the one that's why I have just the one wife. Just... Like, fuck it, I can't be asked. My dad's got two wives. My granddad has two wives. I thought, fuck this thing. I'll have the one wife. That's it. It's fucking cheap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, mate, it's great. been awesome. It's been awesome uh, having you here. Thank you. It's been great speaking to you. Thank you. I love hearing your views and stuff. Lovely. Let's do it again soon. Definitely. Where can people find you? Uh, the third eye doctor .co .uk. actually we've got a very good event in london if you're interested breaking through oh, okay. so i interview my um guests on surgical spirit which is the name of the podcast and they will bring them over and do an event for them i you know you, hopefully they won't hear this because we sort of bring them in and then we sort of give them a hard time <laughs> and yeah they they get quite agitated and angry but it makes great entertainment that's the main thing entertainment Breaking through and um, yeah, surgical spirit and physician on fire is my book on Amazon, mm -hmm. and um, that's it really. Sweet, lovely. Well, my brother, thank you so much for for dropping by. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>